eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The following is a gopowercat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's Powercat pregame podcast, presented by Robbins Motor Company, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. An eight-win regular season was rewarded with Kansas State's ninth bowl berth in the last ten seasons as the Wildcats look to win three consecutive bowl games for the first time in school history against first-time opponent Navy in the 61st annual AutoZone Liberty Bowl. The game is slated for a 2.45 p.m. kickoff on Tuesday inside the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium here in Memphis, Tennessee, and it will be televised on ESPN. The Liberty Bowl is the the 22nd bowl game in school history for the Cats, with 21 of those coming since 1993. The Wildcats are advancing to postseason play under first-year head coach Chris Kleiman, who has the most wins by a first-year head coach in school history and the second-most victories this season by a first-time Power 5 head coach, outpaced only by Ryan Day, who inherited the loaded Ohio State program. Welcome to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. All season long, I have told you to visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan, but our friends at Robbins have sponsored Go Powercats trip to the Liberty Bowl with a Robbins road trip in one of their great used vehicles you can find on their lot. Stop into Robbins for your next vehicle purchase and tell them you heard about their great prices and no pressure sales from listening to the Power Cat pregame podcast. Kansas State's first season under Climbing has seen its share of ups and downs all year long, but the Wildcats come to Memphis with a pleasing 8 and 4 regular season record. The Wildcats jumped out to a 3 and 0 start highlighted by a 31-24 victory at Mississippi State before dropping their first two Big 12 games. The Wildcats got back on track with a 24-17 victory over TCU, which preceded a 48 41 upset victory over then number five Oklahoma. The Wildcats erased a pair of 10 point deficits by outscoring the Sooners. 
41-6 over the second and third quarters before hanging on in the final period for the victory. K-State went on to earn its 11th straight Sunflower Showdown victory over Kansas the next week, but it dropped the next two games by a combined seven points before finishing the regular season with a win over Texas Tech and a 27-17 victory in the regular season and home finale over Iowa State. K-State's 11th win in the last 12 years over the Cyclones. Kansas State is led on offense by junior quarterback Skylar Thompson, a 2019 honorable mention All-Big 12 pick who is in line to make his 27th career start. The Independence Missouri native has set a career high in passing yards, touchdowns, and completions this season, while he has been one of the more effective running quarterbacks in the Big 12 in 2019. Defensively, first-team All-Big 12 defensive end Wyatt Hubert ranks second in the league in sacks with seven. Navy enters the AutoZone Liberty Bowl with a 10-2 mark, including a 7-1 record to tie for first in the American Athletic Conference's West Division. Fresh off a 31-7 victory over Army to claim the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Navy's only two losses this year are a 35-23 defeat at Memphis, the group of five representative in the New Year's Six Bowls this season, and a 52-20 setback to then number 16 Notre Dame. The midshipmen ranked first in the nation with a 363.7 yard average on the ground, 66.5 yards better than the next best team. Quarterback Malcolm Perry ranks second nationally with a 150.3 rushing yard per game average as the mid's signal caller is coming off a whopping 304-yard two-touchdown performance against the Black Knights, a game in which he did not even attempt a pass. Perry has 21 touchdowns on the season, while Jamal Carruthers is second with 14 touchdowns and a 79.1 rushing average per game. Linebacker Diego Fago has a team-high 93 tackles, while striker Jacob Springer paces Navy with 16 tackles for loss and eight sacks this season. This should be an interesting Liberty Bowl matchup for the Cats as they search for a nine-win season. And now let's get started with the Powercat pregame podcast with our final Go Powercat roundtable session of the season. We now bring in Ryan Wallace and also joining us is D. Scott Fritchin and Riley Gates from here in our Robbins Road Trip Podcast Studio in Memphis, also known as our hotel room. Okay, boys, let's get it started with your general outlook on this season. Wally, eight and four. You told me that one year ago today. I would have jumped for joy. No doubt. I mean, really, when you, when you look back now, you know, at the end of the year, and and you're kind of looking for a way to describe how this Kansas State season went. I mean, honestly, it, and it, I think every fan would agree with this, it just it's all summed up by that one game, that massive Oklahoma upset. Uh, the number five team in the country, I think it speaks volumes at the fact that Kansas State was the only team to beat um, one of the college football playoff final four. And it just kind of goes to show, I think, that that game in and of itself just goes to show a – you know, what Chris Kleiman has built in such a short amount of time, the fact that these guys bought into the level of beating Oklahoma in a high-scoring game and holding them off and, and with the season Jalen Hurts had and, and CeeDee Lamb and the list goes on and on. But also, it speaks volumes to what Chris Kleiman can continue to build. 
Um, that that game in and of itself, for me, really provided kind of a glimpse of, you know, the high of this year, but also uh, the highs of what's to come. And, and that's really, really exciting for the Kansas State program. Riley, man, this has been some kind of season. You know, they won the three, thought they were going to beat everyone, then they lost two, and then they won three. It's just been a strange, strange set of circumstances. If I know my algebra, they're going to win this game to win three in a row again. <laughs> I mean, that would be the the trends to kind of go that way for sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of weird, you know, and I think uh, – it kind of goes a lot to speak towards that maybe getting a little bit too high at times and then get brought back down to planet earth a few games to, to be in there refocus a little bit it's kind of weird but you, you've seen that trend go on with this team you've seen them really focused at times and then you've seen them maybe get too high on themselves hey let, let, let's refocus let's realize what we are what we're about and then we get back to work um and and i kind of feel like you've seen that throughout those losses you know and um, a couple tough ones there at the beginning, a couple tough ones there at the end. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll continue on that three-win thing. Yeah, D. Scott, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about how cool it is K-State win 8-4. and four, But on the other side of the field on Tuesday, you're going to have a Navy program that bounced back with a 10-2 and two record. And this has been a really a turnaround season for both programs in this Liberty Bowl. Yeah, it really has. It's it's really an intriguing matchup. Navy is the most improved team in the nation in 2019, and they're one of the most improved teams from season to season in the history of college football. Listen, they went 3-10 and last season in 2018, and they were ranked 102nd by Athlon Sports entering the preseason, and now all of a sudden they're 10-2. and It's been an incredible turnaround to witness with this Navy team capped by that great win against Army. Yeah, that was very impressive, man. Navy's fun to watch. And, you know, when a team runs the triple option well, it's just really something beautiful. As I asked Coach Kleiman earlier during this bowl prep, it's almost like a dance. It's so well choreographed when they run it well. And Ryan Wallace, Malcolm Perry's about as good as you can get at running this offense. How difficult of a challenge will this be for Kansas State's defense? It's not the style of offense that Kansas State or anyone else in the Big 12 is used to seeing. But at the same time, you kind of you have to wonder a little bit if Kansas State's defense, you know, maybe might be best built for you know stopping a Navy style attack as much as maybe anybody in the Big 12. And I say that because you know up until this season, uh, they've been used to going against you know kind of that Bill Snyder attack. And I realize that the, the flex bone triple option is different um, than some of the things that Bill Snyder would like to run. But at the same time, it's still, you know, a lot of options. There's still a quarterback keeper game. Um, you know, that, that RPO thing still exists with Navy. So you wonder if, if you know, they can kind of harken back to um, some of the things that they learned under Bill Snyder, some of the things that, um, you know, they took from, you know, that scout, those scout team uh, days, try and stop his offense and, and maybe kind of molding it to uh, to Navy attack Malcolm Perry. Uh, the thing that I think that, that does separate him is obviously um, just how consistent he is. You know, he's uh, AAC Player of the Year, um, one of the top offensive guys in that conference, uh, and he's, he's also you know a, a 
a leader, a veteran for this team, a guy that doesn't make a lot of errors, not a lot of miscues overall on this Navy team, but especially from the quarterback spot. So, you know, trying to force him into errors is something that is rare. You know, K-State's just got to be steady, patient, um, and, and assignment sound and not try and, you know, be the hero, um, overrun tackles or anything like that because uh, the Navy backfield, especially Malcolm Perry, um, is quick enough, decisive enough to, to really make you pay, um, and they just keep coming. So, it, it, again, it, it's going to kind of harken back a little bit to the Bill Snyder days of just being assignment sound, you know, being patient, letting the game kind of come to you, do your job, and, you know, again, just kind of try and shut down that quarterback run game that, that has been so familiar in Manhattan. Um, it, it's that way a little bit with Navy, but with some minor tweaks in a different formation. Riley Perry's fun. I mean, he's just a lot of fun. He does a lot of special things, but I have to watch highlights of him and kind of put a little asterisk by it. Maybe that's disrespect. I'd, he's incredibly athletic. But the triple option, if you're big, physical, and assignment sound, you can stop it. And we saw that happen with Notre Dame this year. By far the biggest and most physical team Navy faced on its schedule this season. And Notre Dame really handled this pretty well. And I kind of see some similarities here. Well, and in the most respectful way that you can put it, he's a one-dimensional quarterback. I mean, he does not throw the ball. If you go back and watch that Army game, he literally did not throw the ball one time in that game. And, And that's one thing that I think maybe, yes, he's very difficult to stop when it comes to that option. And he's very elusive quarterback but it it comes down to and we've been saying it for weeks play a Simon sound football you know don't be biting on the fakes obviously you know you know how to defend an option at this point you're you've all been playing football for how long you you know just the the basics of it and I'm sure Scotty Hazleton has gone into much deeper detail with the with the triple option over the last few weeks I feel very good about K-State's defense being able to come out here and uh, you know have have a game plan for Malcolm Perry have an idea of how, how to slow him down because Again, in a respectful way, he's one-dimensional. If you can find a way to slow that option down, he's not going to cause you a lot of problems. D. Scott, he's a running back that plays quarterback. There's no other way to put it. I mean, that's old-school football. Snap the guy the ball, and he might hand it to someone else, but more than likely he's going to run it. He ran it about 30 times against Army. And just to put this into context is the simple fact that K-State's got to defend against Perry – who's a quarterback and yet the second leading rusher in the FBS. Yeah, it's incredible. And he is on the verge of making some history as well. He currently sits with 1,804 total rushing yards this season. He needs 117 rushing yards against K-State to become the FBS single-season record holder for rushing yards by a quarterback, which is astounding. But listen to this. He has touchdown runs of 70, 67, 58, and 55 yards this season. Kansas State has been prone to give up the long rushing play now and again. I I would suspect that Hazleton has some things designed for K-State to be able to stop those long gains. I anticipate that Trey Deshaun and the likes of uh, Daquan Patton are really going to have something to say about this. Yeah, you got to get into the middle of that offense and really disrupt things, handle the cut blocks. There's a lot that goes into Navy's attack beyond the fact that Malcolm Perry's a special player. But let's not forget Kansas State has a pretty good quarterback in its own right. And 
Ryan Wallace, I'm intrigued by this. I don't know if Skylar Thompson's going to be called upon to run the ball or throw the ball more in this game against Navy. I'm not even sure how K-State's going to approach this. Courtney Messingham said this Navy defense allows them to run their base package, not do anything too fancy, get back to basics. And if that is right, we're going to see a pretty good mix from Skylar Thompson. What do you think he might be most effective doing against this midshipman team? I think he'll be both. I think, you know, for Kansas State to be at its best and successful and, um, you know, beating Navy, I think part of me wants to say it's it's his running game, but a bigger part of me thinks that it has to be him as a passer. Um, And that that goes into as well, you know, taking into account the fact that the wide receivers have to have big games. Um, And and I think they will. You know, I think that this is a a wide receiver group for Kansas State that – um, you know, we've been expecting more from, and I, I just have a gut feeling that this is a, this is a matchup that I think does suit Kansas state um, well to, to, you know, certain spots. And I think the offense and wide receiver in particular um, could be one of those spots, but, you know, with, with Navy, they're so physical um, up front and they run, you know, such an interesting kind of scheme with that. It's very flexible. You know, they brought over a, a former defensive coordinator from Kennesaw State who was known for running multiple variations. Obviously, Brian Norwood from Kansas State, known for kind of running multiple variations of, of defenses, too. So those two guys, very knowledgeable guys, um, veterans uh, in the game. And so they run that kind of three, four, you know, with, with Springer, he's kind of a flex safety linebacker guy. So it, it can look three three five. it can look three four, but... Um, they're they're just physical, blue collar, um, pound you in the mouth, win the line of scrimmage, and then kind of you know don't get beat um, over the top on the back end. But I do think Kansas State, you know, can can bait them in enough without Skyler Thompson, with you know James Gilbert, Jordan Brown, uh, you know Harry Trotter. The list goes on. I think those guys are enough to handle it on the ground, especially a guy like Jordan Brown, getting him out in the flat a little bit. Um, and keeping you know the the Navy defense honest from the standpoint of him maybe as a receiving threat that I think that will then open up you know Skylar Thompson to run but I I, I think Kansas State needs him to be a passer um, almost more than a rusher in this game just because uh, otherwise I think the Navy defense is, is the type of defense that's so good against the run they'll be able to just put guys all up in the box and, and try and shut that run down so. I think getting a guy like Jordan Brown out passing, or, you know, as a receiver and getting Skylar Thompson some confidence throwing the ball will then open up the possibility of Skylar Thompson on the ground. Riley, Skylar Thompson, as I just said, might be able to throw it for 250 or run for 150 in this game. If he does both, K-State will win. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yes, I, I feel good about that prediction. What do you think might be the most effective use of Kansas State's junior quarterback in this Liberty Bowl? You know, I, I really do think that if they can find a, a, a situation where throwing the ball, you know, they can find a weakness in, in the Navy defense, I think that's kind of where you need to go with Skylar Thompson. Obviously, we know he's good at running the football. We know his strengths in, in doing that, but – this is a Navy team that, you know, for more often than not is focused on stopping a run. Um, they're, they're a heavy blitzing team at times. And I think that that 
opens up a lot of possibilities for you to find receivers in the open field, um, get that passing game really going. And we've seen it in the games that they've lost or the games that uh, the opposing team has put up points. The quarterback usually finds a way to find some sort of success. That tells me that there is a hole in this Navy secondary or at times maybe they get beat on on routes, whatever the situation is. I think that the passing game is there for K-State if it wants to take it and if it has a good plan to go about it. I'm not saying go air raid. I'm not saying throw the ball 45 times in this game or anything, but um, I certainly don't think that just because Navy runs the ball a lot means that you have to run the ball a lot. Well, if they do both run the ball a lot, we're going to be in for a very short game as we'll be in and out of there. But I expect K-State will use a diverse Skylar Thompson in this game. You know, D. Scott, we talk a lot about him as a runner and a thrower. Really, maybe the most important thing he can do in this game comes before the snap, getting K-State in the right play in the right attack on this Navy defense, whether it is running or throwing. But Navy has so much respect for Skylar Thompson and his dual threat capabilities. They really do. Talking to some of the Navy defenders uh, earlier in the week, it, it just sounded like they kind of picked up a little bit on his tendencies, but yet they have a high level of respect for, for his abilities as well. I was talking with Navy senior Nazir Kormati, and he said Skyler's abilities to do the things other than just pass the ball make him better than any quarterback we faced this year. And that's a lot of respect there. Um, they faced Ian Book at Notre Dame, who did a really good job against Navy. But um, one of the other things that they, Navy players also talked about was the fact that they were able to pick up that when they're able to bring pressure and get him out of the box, that's when Skyler can make some mistakes. And Skyler said that, you know, he has four interceptions in the last five ball games, kind of uncharacteristic. He's been banged around a little bit and got his bell rung a couple times, but he just needs to avoid the pressure. We do talk about this Navy offense a lot, but this defense has really improved, Ryan Wallace. Uh, is this team athletic enough to slow down K-State in that big physical offensive line? Yeah, very much so. You know, I mean, when you look back at Navy's two losses this year, they're, they're kind of different in, in styles. But, you know, they lost that in Memphis, and obviously Memphis is, uh, you know, high-octane offense, um, likes to spread the ball around, got a lot of just um, speedsters. But then the other loss was at Notre Dame. And, you know, Notre Dame, a very good team, obviously. You know, I think Navy, had, you know, outpossessed Notre Dame by a wide margin in that game. But, what Notre Dame was able to do was, you know, make the most of their limited time with the ball and made Navy pay on some big plays. Now, you know, Kansas State might not have the kind of home run hitters that even a, a team like Notre Dame does, but Notre Dame's not known for, you know, really slinging the ball around, and they put 52 up on the midshipmen. So I think Kansas State has the ability to do the same thing with a offensive line, um, that's going to be playing most of them, obviously, other than Josh Revis, will be playing their final game in purple and white. So I think you win the line of scrimmage there, and then you just let Skylar Thompson do his thing. You let James Gilbert do his thing. You let Dalton Schoen and the rest of those guys, like you said, fit, run the, their base schemes, those those typical routes that they've had success with. You know, no need to try and um, – make a lot of changes and adaptations and stuff just because it's a bowl game because I, I'm with you. I, I do think that Courtney Messingham has the, the assets at his disposal and the base packages um, to make Navy pay enough um, where you can hopefully kind of put Navy in a hole and use that ground game against them. Use the way that they 
um, possess the clock against them, and that's exactly what, what Notre Dame get, did. Jump up on them early um, and force Navy's offense to maybe um, have to adjust some things themselves because passing the ball is not something that they're known to do. So playing from behind is very uncomfortable for them. Well, and in talking to the Navy defenders um, on Saturday, I, I was really – interested by the fact that they all continue to say you know k-state runs an offense that we're not really familiar with you know this downhill uh running just all the the various things that you can do out of the formations that they put on the field they seem to be very aware that hey just because k-state's a run first team doesn't mean you can just blitz them and and stack the box because they can do a lot of different things out of it oh and yeah and then there's the play action if they're able to establish that run um but yes the the inverted wishbone thing that we're kind of talking about there that you mentioned i think it is a little bit like you said a taste of their own medicine because here we are talking about how does k-state defend the how does k-state defend the option how does k-state defend the option and then oh k-state might have a weapon of its own that comes to defense is is pretty tough to stop as well so um yeah and and it's one that's not on film that much we've we know k-state has it in there we've seen them find success but overall it's not on every single game film so i really think that's one of the things that could, could jump up surprise navy a little bit and you know, maybe worked K-State's favor. Navy brought both their coordinators, defensive coordinators, to the press conference earlier this week. And I was really impressed with Brian Newberry, their main coordinator, and old friend alert Brian Norwood, who was at Kansas State in 2018, is back at Navy coaching in the secondary and helping coordinate the defense. This defense has made a lot of improvements. I like the way it's designed to complement that ball possession option offense by the the mids offense, but they have turned themselves into a top 20 run defense. And that is flat out impressive. It really is. In a year's time with Newberry, who came from Kennesaw State after four years, he's here at Navy. And the mids have gone from 90th in the country and rushing defense in 2018 to 14th in the country right now in America. And, They are allowing just 3.29 yards per rushing attempt and just 12 rushing touchdowns all season. You know, the the best game that an opponent has had against Navy this season is Tulane, and they had 42 carries for 187 yards and two touchdowns. But credit this Navy defense and the strides by Brian Newberry in in his first season. These Navy defenders have really bought in. They speak so highly of Newberry. And just his schematics and just the way he gets the guys up and going. I know this. I think Kansas State will have a better day at the office come the 31st than maybe Iowa State did. Certainly than Oklahoma did in the first half against LSU. Couldn't possibly go worse than that. Wally, if Kansas State is going to win this game, what do they have to do correctly? The first thing that jumps out to me, it goes back to what I was just saying, you know, with that last um, response about, you know, Navy's offense not really being suited um, to try and play from behind. And you, you look at what Navy does on offense and, and specifically their comparison of run to pass. You know, they have rushed 719 times. They've attempted just 95 passes. But when you look at their per catch average, it's over 23 yards. So when they hit, they hit you big, um, and they make you pay. So one of the biggest keys, I think, to winning the Liberty Bowl is not getting so caught up in in the stats um, because Navy's going to put up 300 yards of offense. I would be surprised if they don't. Just naturally, the way they possess the ball, 
the way that they grind it out. You can't get down on yourself and try and, you know, throw everything in the kitchen sink and the cupboard to try and stop the run because then they'll hit you over the top. And then they make you start second-guessing yourself. Um, and so really for me, it's about the defense just staying patient, being assignment sound, and not, you know, getting beat for those big plays that, that you know, make the defense kind of get out of their comfort zone a little bit. I think that's one of the biggest keys. And I think on offense, it's, it's going to be about balance. It's going to be about finding the run game as much as it is about throwing the ball and keeping Navy's defense off balance. I don't think this is a Navy defense. I don't think they're unathletic, but I certainly don't think they have the level of athletes, especially in the second level um, that K-State is used to seeing in the Big 12. And so I think the more you can get them out covering, you know, the more time that Skyler Thompson has that forces them to cover longer and tire down, you know, a pass rush, I think that, you know, that's going to suit K-State just as well as it, as it will in the passing game as it will in the running game. And so balance on offense and staying assignment sound and, 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 you know, just being patient, focused on your job on defense, and I think Kansas State will be just fine. Same question to you, Riley. What do they, what do they have to do to correctly to win this game? I think, you know, the obvious one is is be assignment sound on the option. Don't bite on that fake. The, the defensive ends are going to be huge in this one just in terms of, of attacking them every single play. Navy, that is, will, will attack them every single play. But um, for me, it's it's try not to get too creative. You know, we, we kind of mentioned taste of their own medicine with something a little bit there. And I think you can get creative a little bit. You can maybe put some new things in there. But Courtney Messingham kind of said it best is like, we feel that we ha- we can beat this team. We can play in this game with what we do and kind of how we, we work as a team. And I think that K-State, while you can add some unique things in there, you just stick to what you're doing because you got to 8-4 and four at this point. With this system, uh, don't go out of line. Don't try to get too fancy with it. Just just play your ball. And, and honestly, I think K-State's um, probably a better team than Navy if they just go out and execute the way that they can. Rich, K-State can be a bright spot for the Big 12 in bowl season because it hasn't gone as planned. No, it's it's been crazy. Oklahoma State loses to Texas A&M 24-21. In the Texas Bowl, Iowa State loses to Notre Dame, 33-9 to in the Camping World Bowl. Then you see what Oklahoma did. Um, it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing that when it comes down to crunch time and, and bowl season, that the Big 12 historically has played pretty lackluster. They have, and, you know, Kansas State has too. Kansas State's been part of that under Bill Snyder, and I thought it was interesting that uh, – We've seen some of the kids out and about. Apparently, this approach by Chris Kleiman is a much different approach than than what Bill Snyder took, and there are some similarities there. But it's been really about getting healthy, getting rested, and getting prepared mentally for this game. So let me close up our roundtable with the simple question. Ryan Wallace, will K-State win this game? I think Kansas State does win this game in Memphis. And, you know, it just kind of goes back to the fact that I think – uh, this locker room is, is, you know, really ready to end this season with an exclamation mark. Um, I think that, you know, you look at the number of seniors that Kansas State is going to throw at Navy. Uh, as we said all season long, you know, this is a team that is, lives and dies in the trenches. And, you know, the offensive line, when they're good, they're really good. When the defensive line is good, it's been really good. And I just have a feeling this is the day um, that's kind of made for K-State. I think that um, they're not overlooking Navy. 
I think they almost want to prove something to themselves as a defense. They want to try and hold Navy, um, you know, under their their typical totals and averages. And I think on offense, you know, they just really really want to prove that you know they're a team that can um, that can score points with with the best of them, even against a, a former you know co DC that'll be standing on the other side, and and also you know a Navy team that's only lost twice. So I don't think they're going to overlook them. And I think that the veterans on this Kansas State team uh, are going to, you know, will the rest of the guys to a victory. And, and they want to send Chris Kleiman's first season out on a high note. So I do think K-State wins. I think it's going to be ugly fit. You know, I, I don't know if you're sitting at home, if you're going to enjoy this one, if you're not a K-State fan or a Navy fan. Um, but I think it's going to be competitive. And I think Kansas State, again, has the veterans and, and the mentality heading into this one um, that will end up, again, winning the dang day. Same to you, Riley. I think, yeah, I, I really feel good about what K-State can do. And um, as it sits right now, I'm going K-State. Okay. D. Scott? No. I think Navy will win this game because I don't think that K-State will have the answers for Malcolm Perry. Yeah, he's pretty special. It's going to be very interesting. And we don't really have an interview about the midshipmen, so to speak, from another journalist this time around. But we're going to do something better. We got a chance to talk to the coordinators during bowl prep. And let's start off with those defensive coordinators. Brian Newberry on this K-State offense and quarterback Skylar Thompson, followed by Brian Norwood on this interesting transition from a year ago being in Manhattan and being in limbo and now meeting his old team in the Liberty Bowl. Really excited about this game. Uh, really grateful to be here. It's a, it's a great opportunity for us to play a, a very, very good uh, Big 12 Kansas State football team. Um, couldn't be more impressed with Kansas State. Um, I think they're extremely well-coached football team. Um, it's not like they have a bunch of superstars in offense, but a lot of really good players uh, that play well together. Uh, it's extremely well coached. I think what they do schematically is, is very challenging to defend. Um, really balanced, uh, throwing the ball, running the football, well coached up front, uh, physical football team. I was very familiar with uh, when Coach Kleinman was at North Dakota State and I was at Kennesaw State uh, two years in a row. Uh, they were up next for us in the playoffs had we won. Uh, so I, I followed them at North Dakota State, studied them on defense when, when they were there. thought they did a really good job, but I think he's a great hire for Kansas State. I think they've done a tremendous job there in a short amount of time. So really, really excited about this, this opportunity in this game. What you don't see nowadays is a lot of two-back uh, teams that line up and run the power and run it right at you. Um, but they do, they do a really good job of, of doing that, uh, and then they'll get the ball in the perimeter. <laughs> Um, he mixed in the, the ability of the quarterback to run the football with some of the things they do. He can certainly beat you with his feet and, and his arm. Um, but like I said earlier, they're really, really balanced. Um, and so they, they've got a really nice play action pass game to complement what they do well in the run game. Uh, and I just, you know, I really, really like what they do. You know, if I was a head coach and I was not running the option, uh, I think uh, I'd call Coach Messingham because uh, I really like what they do offensively. I like. Um, the mentality, they're going to run the football. Uh, everything kind of stems off of that. But they, I think they just do a really tremendous job. They stress you in a lot of different ways. Um, but really really well coached. Um, kids play really, really hard. Uh, really well coached up front. Um, and I think the quarterback is, uh, in my opinion, a really, really good player. Uh, that may not get enough credit, uh, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think he does everything well. He can beat you with his feet, uh, which always presents some problems, uh, especially when you're playing a team that already runs the football well. It can line up in two backs and run it. Um, I think he makes really good decisions. I think he's got a really nice arm. Uh, he can make all the throws that you want him to make and manages the game well. Um, 
put the ball in his, his hands on third down, whether it's throwing it or running it a lot. And um, I think he's been a really good player for them this year. Well, you, you know, I think um, I was blessed with a tremendous opportunity at K-State by Coach Schneider and, and working for the staff there and a tremendous group of young men. I mean, so I, I look at that as a really a blessed opportunity. And, um, and then from there, having a blessed opportunity to come to the Naval Academy. Um, originally from Maryland, uh, my mom, my brothers, you know, just from a family standpoint. Uh, I love blue crabs, so uh, you know, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that has that has really been a, a blessing. But it's, it's really it's unique to be playing K State and a and a really a um, um, sort of a turning a whole circle and 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 coming back and, and playing them. So knowing the guys, and then also like Coach Newberry said, having a chance to watch the coaching staff that's really done a tremendous job coming in there, you know, getting the guys to, to buy into the new approach and seeing them play with a lot of uh, a lot of energy has really been, for me, a, stand, a different view, you know, because I, I, I know a lot of them, but it's, it's been exciting and excited for this opportunity. And now let's hear from Navy Offensive Coordinator Ivan Jasper on his team's preparation for this game. Then he will discuss remarkable Navy quarterback Malcolm Perry and then touch on K-State's defense. And here we go with Coach Jasper. It just goes back to how we have to play. We have to be very detailed in what we do and take advantage of all, all our possessions. Um, for us, this, to me, this is like playing against Air Force and uh, playing against the Army, you know, where those games are both teams are possession teams. Um, you know, you might get 10 possessions a game. So we understand that. But now it, it makes every possession important. Mistakes, you can't have them. So, again, this, this is a very, very important game, very scary game for us because, again, we can't make a mistake because if you do, you might, might not see the football. So get a taste of our own medicine. But, again, we're ready for it. Um, we, we've covered it. Our guys understand that, and you know, they're ready to play. It's been a pleasure watching him play. Um, obviously, you know, this is the senior year, and it, it goes by fast. I kind of made a comment to him yesterday. Uh, we had our last, you know, padded practice. I said, man, this is your last one. You know, he kind of paused and was like, wow, yeah, it is. You know, he kind of got quiet a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's a kind of a sad deal for me, you know, to, to see it, uh, this has been his last one. But at the same time, it's been really fun to watch him play, um, watch him develop um, from the first year, you know, um, kind of moving around from A at the quarterback. Um, his first, one of his first plays his first year came in uh, in the bowl game uh, against uh, La Tech. He came his very first play was a, I think a 50 yard touchdown on the quarterback boot. So we knew what we had. Just a matter of us getting it right and finally putting him where where he belongs. And this year, obviously, we, we got we put him there. This is your team, your offense, and he's he's been nothing but spectacular for us. And again, it's been a real pleasure to watch him. Well, their entire defense. Um, these guys are very very tough and they're very very physical. Um, uh, I don't know uh, Coach Kleiman at all um, personally or Coach Hazleton, but I, but I did meet uh, Coach Matt Ince that's at North Dakota State right now. Those guys are all the same. They all look the same, the kind of guy you want to go in a bar fight with. you know. So we know what we're going up against. Um, very, very tough. They're very physical. Um, very, very disciplined, you know, so we understand what, what we're walking into. Um, we're prepared and you know, we're a physical football team. You know, we process on being, on being physical. Again, it's going to be a short game, like we said, but it's going to be a very, very physical game, very tough game. Our guys are up for it, you know, and we're ready to play. That will do it for the first half of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Stick around for more of this Robin's Road Trip podcast from downtown Memphis. We will be right back. The experts from GoPowerCat.com will return with more on the PowerCat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast. Joining you once again, it's Tim Fitzgerald and Go PowerCat football analyst Marcus Watts. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Make sure when you're in Manhattan to stop by Robbins there on Anderson Avenue and tell them that you heard about them from the Go Powercat gang and their Robbins road trip to the Liberty Bowl. See if they'll give you something special off on your next car, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. Get into Robbins Motor Company. Now joining us is our football analyst, Marcus Watts, and this is a big announcement. Everyone sit down, except for maybe future guest appearances. This will be Marcus's final appearance as our football analyst, as work has overcome his life. All he does is work and raise children. Those are good endeavors, Marcus. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it all through the season and stuff. But, you know, it's, I think it's time for me to step away. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. But, you know, life has changed for me a lot in the last couple of years. And so real busy with work and kids stuff, and they're going to start doing traveling stuff. And it's just hard for me to watch a lot of sports and yeah. a lot of other teams. And so it's hard for me to get a good grasp on how those teams are. So time for you to find somebody younger and more hip. And more handsome. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But you have a unique position in helping us preview this game with Navy because you ran – versions of this offense in high school at Hayes High. Tell me about this triple option offense and how effective it can be. So I ran it my freshman year, and that was a long time ago. So (laughs) this was like 18 years ago. Um, It was like the triple slash belly option thing. You know, if you have a good offensive scheme and players and stuff, and that's that's all you do is run it, then then it's really successful. Um, it, it's it's going to allow you to get two to three yards anytime that you really want to. Uh, and it's a lot of discipline that the defense has to have to defend it. Uh, and you have to have the guys up front on the defensive side, like Jordan Mitty, Trey Deshaun, that can handle this type of game uh, because they're going to be tested more than anybody outside of you know the defensive ends and linebackers. So that's really, as I look at this Navy offense, that's really the key for me is the ability of that defensive line, particularly the defensive tackles, to get into the middle 
of their business as they're trying to, you know, run their deception and try to disrupt this. And it's not easy. This Navy team does this offense so well. And, of course, quarterback Malcolm Perry is a magician. You don't really know where the ball is until he's well past you. It's just a real challenge for a defense to stay true to what their assignments are and still play with instincts and and run around the field and have fun. You can get anchored in too much, and then you're in just as bad a trouble as if you were out of position. Yeah, I mean, it's everybody's got to do what they're assigned to do. You cannot freelance on the defensive side of the ball. So the linebackers are not going to be able to just, you know, go where they think the ball is. They got to go where their fit is, and that's what they have to do. And just, you know, you have to trust that your teammate, uh, in this sense, you know, Jordan Mitty and Trey Deshaun and um, Will Davies and those guys, they're going to have to do their job. They're going to have to stop the first breed. They're going to have to be able to not get cut block. Um, they're going to have to play, you know, athletically so that they can stop that run so that the linebackers uh, and the edge guys can take care of what's going to happen on the outside. Uh, if you have guys start freelancing and just running to where the ball is, you'll get gashed. It, it just There's no way to help yourself or to, to recover from it because everything happens so tightly compact um, within the line of scrimmage. And so, to me, this game all relies on Jordan Mitty and Trey Deshaun. Now, the fact that they're seniors, I have a lot more confidence that they can get the job done. Uh, if these guys were younger guys, sophomores, um, even you know juniors that you know this is their first year playing, I would be a lot more worried about where K State is going to be this game. Navy's going to get yards. There's no way that you can completely just stuff the triple option. They're going to get their yards. They're going to get five yards a carry, maybe four yards a carry. But you just have to buckle down um, and limit the big plays, the big runs. Make them earn every yard that they're going to get, and you can become you can be successful defensively. I know you never played defensive line. You're a, a small fella compared to those guys. But how bad do cut blocks suck? Cut blocks. I mean, for me, well, for like the little guys, I mean, we're running full speed, and people were cut blocking you. Um, if you know it's coming, and you can. But the problem is you don't know where it's coming from, especially that quickly. They suck. It's just one of those things that, you know, because you're taught to be aggressive, engage, uh, separate with, you know, your hands and driving out. That's kind of not how it's going to be. It's almost – I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, should K-State stand up their defensive linemen and not get him in a three-point stance and maybe have him play, you know, a little bit off um, so that – you know that they they're not easily gonna can get cut, but then I was like, no, you don't want to do that because then you're giving the offense the advantage by being able to drive out um, and get you know a couple yards downfield. But you know I wouldn't be surprised to see some junk defense like that. Um, we kind of ran it a little bit when Coach Tibbersar was our defense coordinator. We ran like a three four, and we had a bunch of fast guys, defensive linemen that were just standing up and. And defensive ends that were playing defensive tackles that would just roam around, and then you know they had their certain fits and stuff, but you never knew where they were going to go. But I think it's going to be one of those games that's just going to be one in the trenches. And if, if K State, if they're if they're not disciplined, and if they don't tackle well, it could be a long game. It'll go fast because there's going to be a lot of runs, but it could be a long game on the score side of things. Yeah, you know, you bring up something interesting here. And Coach Kleiman at his press conference back in Manhattan alluded to the fact that they're doing some things 
Uh, they're practicing some schemes on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm just curious, would you be afraid as a, a team that has established an identity of sorts on the defensive side of the ball to kind of go to something totally different to blunt this offense, or would you stick with what you do? I mean, you kind of have to because this is such a weird type of offense that nobody really runs. And so most defenses nowadays are built to stop the you know the passing game, the spread. Um, and so you you have to change up kind of what you your base and what you've been doing all year because you never see it. This is like back in the day type football when they never threw the ball. So I mean, you may have to go back and look at tapes from you know teams back back when and the good defenses back in the day when they when teams never threw the ball to see if there's something out there that maybe you can do with the guys that you have. And so I don't think you can go with your straight base defense and stick what you've done because it's such a junk offense nowadays that you're not built for it. Your team's not built for it. You don't recruit for it. And so but it is it's tackle football. I mean it's basically what it is. It's you versus one guy trying to um stop the other team. And I think this team, because this team isn't a small, you know, up front with Trey Deshaun and Jordan Mitty, um, they are physical guys, but they're also athletic big guys. I think they'll be able to handle it. You mentioned that Navy doesn't really want to throw the ball. In fact they threw it only once in their big win against Army last week and I'm just intrigued to see how much they're going to throw the ball against Kansas State they had no need to throw the ball against Army I mean it wasn't even Malcolm Perry who threw the ball Uh, they just ran for such great success particularly Perry there's absolutely no reason to throw it I think they'll have more reason to throw it against Kansas State at least you hope so from the Kansas State perspective if they don't that means they're running wild on you you are a former Kansas State safety and defending this offense how almost impossible is it for a safety that is getting so locked in play after play after play on addressing this run that's coming at you from so many different angles? And, oh, by the way, the fullback, the tight end, a slot receiver just slipped by you into a pass route that potentially could be wide open if you don't follow it. Yeah, and, you know, the safeties are going to have to play slowly, um, and they're going to have to read their keys. I mean, your eye's going to have to be locked on the tight end, and that's it. Like if you start looking in the backfield, you're done. You will get you will get burned on a play action pass, guaranteed. If you if, if the safeties are looking in the backfield, it'll happen. the The big thing for the safeties is is reading that tight end. Is he blocking or is he releasing? If he's releasing, then it's going to be a pass most of the time. Now he could be releasing to dress something that may look like a pass, but it's actually a run. But not in this type of offense. If, if the tight end is not blocking or going to the linebackers to block and he's actually doing a, a wide release or something like that, then you know it's probably going to be a pass. Now, if he's blocking, then you can go and fill your hole. Again, I mean, it worries me a little bit, you know, because they do have one young safety that's back there who plays very aggressively. The good thing is they've had two or three weeks to prepare for this. If this would have been one week after the season, it would be a lot different. When you have two or three weeks to prepare for it, you see it so much in your head that you just get ingrained and it just gets ingrained and ingrained and ingrained and then it just becomes second nature for you. But when it comes to game time, you just got to be able to take it to the game. 
Thank you, Marcus Watts, with your look at how to stop this prolific Navy offense. And now we bring in another football analyst from the Go Powercat staff, former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley, as he joins us here on the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Brian, I'm really intrigued by this matchup. I just got done talking to Marcus about stopping this Navy offense, which isn't easy. But I'm really uncertain right. about it. this Navy defense, which is vastly improved from what it was, but I think having a good offense might really help this defense. If you're a coach for Kansas State and you look at this Navy defense, that has been pretty good against the run, but they also exist in a world in which everyone throws in that American Athletic Conference. Do you right. stick with what you've done all year, or do you shuffle the deck and maybe run more or throw more? You know, you're going to do what you do best all year. That's a good thing about bowl games. Those practices get you not only for next year, but those practices, you can put in a lot of things and work on a lot of stuff to get yourself better. K-State just needs to do what they do and do what they do best. And that's run the football, run the football and do some play action type stuff. That's going to get the, that's going to get them where they need to be to win this football game. Navy's defense is good, but it's kind of what you mentioned before. Their defense is good is because their offense is on the field so much. I mean, if you're on the field, you know, a quarter of the game, you're going to be a lot fresh to run around and make plays and things of that nature. Kansas State can control this football game. I know it's. I'm not saying they're going to control, you know, the time and just because of the the way that Navy runs and does those things. But we can control this football game, especially with our offensive line. We can push their offensive line around. This is a game. Our offensive lineman is an offensive lineman's dream. Is we're going against guys that yeah they're going to be slanting and twisting and doing all those kinds of things, but those guys are a lot smaller than we are. Yeah. We should be able to literally go and push them around. Yeah, I agree. I, we met with those players today. They are undersized. You would expect that uh, from a team representing one of the academies. Um, you, yep. You're not going into the Navy as a 330-pound offensive line. No, I mean, let's <laughs> absolutely be not. Uh, if, if you are, you've got a lot of work ahead of you. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Um, but I, I am uh, interested to see if Kansas State's version of, of offense affects this Navy defense the way I think it will. Because in that American Athletic Conference, everyone's trying to score fast, score fast. Uh, and then yep. this Navy offense is exactly what a coach like Bill Snyder would have loved to have, then turn around and possess the ball and keep that other offense on the sideline. The Navy coaches yep. brought up something really, really interesting to me, and I don't think I've ever heard it kind of frame this way uh they called it get get six a combination of turnovers three and outs and fourth down stops if they feel like if they can get six of those they're going to win the football game uh, particularly with the simple fact that the navy offense prevents the opposing offense from having that many possessions so if they if they send that defense out there and they expire your possession six times with a turnover a three and out or a fourth down stop they're going to win i kind of like that i mean it's a pretty good way to point to it i I would think with a limited number of possessions other offenses get six stops like that will lead to a blowout but for kansas state i mean you've got to perpetuate drives don't you that's the whole thing. I mean, and I, I, I've never heard that either, uh, but it is a really, really good way to look at it as far as a football team, especially a Navy team. But it, I just don't believe for Kansas State, uh, we can – I mean, if we're physical at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, 
that's going to take care of itself. I mean, because while their offense and their offense is very good and it's very good again, pretty much against everybody. I mean, they got to stop the run, got to stop the fullback. I mean, that's number one, got to stop the dive, all that good stuff. But if K-State just comes out and does their thing and just plays physical football, this will be, this is a game that we should win. But if you're going to turn it over, kind of what he said, you're going to get stopped on fourth down and you're going to turn the football over. Well, you're going to get blown out pretty much by everybody. So if we play the way that we can play, I mean, this is going to be a game K-State's going to have to play. I mean, we can't have the turnovers that we've had. We can't have the penalties, the bad penalties, you know, the pre-snap penalties and the the missed tackles. The missed tackles is going to be gigantic. So we can't have those things. The things that we have to do, tackle, be where we're supposed to be, and play physical. If we do that, we'll win the football game. Well, I would agree with you. Skylar Thompson uh, is in an intriguing position here. He's got a co-defensive coordinator in Brian Norwood who kind of knows him. He knows a little bit about the receivers, but uh, being with Kansas State last season under Coach Snyder's final year, Coach Norwood went on to Navy. It was good to see him this week. I think, you know, you're facing another coach that might know your weaknesses, but also he admitted that Boy Skyler's improved and he's playing with a great deal of confidence and he functions well in this offense. I feel like you always have to have a quarterback that plays well to be a good team. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but I, I feel like right. in this game, Skyler's got to be very precise. He can't turn the ball over. He has to make good reads. Um, I think he could have a big day throwing the ball. I don't know, but I, I just feel like a lot more than usual falls on Skyler's shoulders. It does, but I think it's going to be more in the check game. Yeah. You know, a lot of the things at the line of scrimmage versus him necessarily throwing for 350 yards. He doesn't have to do that. He, I just think we just need to be in the right play. And being in the right play, just counting the guys on the line of scrimmage, what side they're on versus the center, making sure that we understand that we can't run it this way because we're outnumbered. We can go the other direction and still be effective in what we're trying to do. Just getting into the check game. That's going to be the biggest thing. But not turning it over and just being precise. Of course, we've got to have that from him. But he doesn't have to go out and throw for 300 yards. I just think he needs to get us in the right play. And maybe that right play is, hey, they got a ton of guys on the line of scrimmage. Let's shore this thing up, block everybody, and let's go win the one-on-one matchups outside. So, And, and that might be if they decide to take away the run game because that's one of the things that, you know, down the stretch teams were doing to us is they literally refused to let us run the football. So if that's what the case may be, then let's go take advantage of those one-on-one matchups. But again, that's the quarterback being at the line of scrimmage, understanding what they're doing, understanding how they're trying to trick us, and just getting us into the right place. So, yes, you're correct, Skyler. A lot, but it, I mean, it always is going to fall on the quarterback. It's yeah. always going to fall on the quarterback. You bring something up that is very, very pertinent to this game. Navy uses a Raider, which I asked Nazir Cromarty about it uh, earlier this week. And, you know, he said it's a combination DN linebacker safety. He's kind of the flex point in the schemes coming in from the sideline. He might be down in with his hand on the ground as a DN in one point. He might be standing up as an outside linebacker at the line, and or he might 
draw back into an extra safety position. He's really a combo guy, and that's probably going to be a player that Skylar Thompson is reading an awful lot of, trying to figure out what exactly this Navy defense, which likes to morph and confuse quarterbacks, is doing. I'm excited. I'm excited for this challenge for Kansas State on both sides of the ball. Navy presents things that they haven't seen. How will on this two, three-week uh, time to prepare for this game, how will the Wildcats respond to that? I think it's a, a good test, Brian, of the maturity of this team in this first year of a Chris Kleiman's program. Absolutely. I think it's a big, big test. It, I mean, unless we play a military academy again, this is a test that we're never going to see again. I mean, teams don't line up and run the option. We're never going to see this again. So this is a huge test, and they are extreme. I mean, they're in the military academy. That's what guys, they don't, when you play against them, you have to be disciplined because they're going to be more disciplined than you are. That's just the nature of it. People think, oh, well, your team can be disciplined. Hey, guys, these guys are literally in the military. That means they're going to be disciplined or they pay the ultimate price and they get that. So they're going to be more disciplined than we are. So that's the first thing. So we have to go into it understanding that and then just go out and do our job. So just go and do the things that you need to do, you know, and we'll be okay. But we're not going to see these types of things, you know, this kind of offense. This is a really big test for the team. You know, um, Navy's good. That's another thing. I mean, they're not a bad football team or, you know, uh, a six and six. Hey, they just got in on the last win. No, 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 no. This is a very good Navy football team. So this is a game that we're going to have to go out there and put our best foot forward to win. Um, And I'm excited to see it because it'll give us a glimpse, kind of what you mentioned, a glimpse into what the future is going to bring. I know we got seniors, and I'm not saying anything, but it'll give us a glimpse into what the future is and what the coaching staff has with the future of the guys because this is preparing us to take the next step. Hey, if you're not in the playoff, you got to call it what it is. Bowl season is preparing you for next season. That's just the way that it works. And this will give us a glimpse into how we can move into next year and what we can expect. And I'm excited for it. It should be a really good game, but I'm excited to see, you know, all this prep time against a really good football team and where we're at. Yeah, I feel like for this team to get win number nine in Chris Kleiman's first season, it'll really soak in what they've accomplished and what kind of head of steam they have going into the 2020 season. Absolutely. One more quick thing before I I let you go. As a former offensive lineman, would you like a scheme as an O-lineman that you're cut blocking 80-90% of the time? Not really. (laughs) You know, I know a lot of guys, I like running the football, don't get me wrong, but there's something to be said versus cut blocking because in a lot of times those things are you're hitting the back of guys' legs, Tim. You know, you're running and you're hitting the back of their ankles and the back of their knees and stuff like that. That gets guys hurt. Now, I'm not saying they're doing it cheap because that is not what I'm saying, so I don't want that to be misconstrued. But that's just, you know, in the box you can block that way and that's the way you're taught. It's football, you know, when you run those kinds of schemes. But there's something to be said as an offensive lineman of moving a man that does not want to be moved. Right. That is more more of what I and, you know, the guys that, you know, I played with, that brought us joy is there's a man in front of me that doesn't want to be moved and I'm going to move him out of the way so they can run the football right where I'm standing. That, to me, was what brought me joy. Now, the cut blocking scheme, I'm not taking anything away that just 
you know, and that wasn't just that wasn't what I looked for. I mean, there's times where you have to do that, but that was for me as an offensive lineman. That's not, you know, brought me joy. Just moving another guy is what brought me the joy. Yeah, it uh, it would be odd to constantly be diving at people's legs, but that's really yeah. what they have to do. They're they're undersized. Yeah, they do. They've just got to do that. They've got to, you know, just increase the possibility that uh, while you're looking at. You know, the guy at your knees trying to handle him, you're not seeing the ball fakes and you have no idea what's going on in front of you. And yep. it works for him. Well, and, it's, and that's part of the being disciplined. That's, you know, they're going to do it every single play over and over and over. And that's part of you, them being more disciplined than you being disciplined because it's just what you said, guys rolling at their knees and go, but for me, I mean, hey, the one thing that I saw, I don't want to be on the ground and have to get up that many times. So exactly. that was one thing for me. <laughs> exactly. His name's Brian Hanley. He's one of our football analysts here at Go Power Cat, and he will join me following the game at the Liberty Bowl. And he'll join me on the phone as we wrap up the game and the season for these Kansas State Wildcats. Brian, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And now we wrap up our analyst section of the PowerCat pregame podcast with our good friend Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas on social media. And, of course, you can use uh, Kelly in Vegas' proxy service to help you out with your, your gambling needs. Kelly, it's early in Vegas when we talk at this moment. I hope you're doing well. It is early. It just means I have no voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. Every time I have to do morning radio, I'm like, I sound like crap. I sound like I've been out drinking and I haven't been. I've and just... chain smoking cigarettes yeah, amongst other things, except I don't. But here we are. Yep, exactly. Well, let's get this rolling. First off, let's start with this topic. Kansas State 8-4 and four going into this bowl game. Now that you've had time to kind of absorb this, you know, get into a football season and games just happen and happen and happen and it just kind of piles up. But now we've had a few weeks to reflect on that eight and four. And what are your overall thoughts on this Kansas State season? The biggest odds were K-State to win five and a half games. They were not supposed to go to a bowl game. They were not supposed to beat Oklahoma. They were not supposed to beat Texas Tech. I mean, there were several games that I think if we played now, we – possibly could win uh, maybe the Baylor game maybe the Oklahoma State game uh, especially the Texas game I think K-State has evolved over the course of the season I think that the guys are buying a decline in and I think Skylar Thompson has really taken a great leadership role I think K-State has nothing but to be proud of the season my only concern is that it's not going to end on a high note well, that's a good point. Let's get right into the Liberty Bowl game against Navy. This is a very intriguing matchup, a contrasting style to what Kansas State or most schools even see during the football season. The upside is Chris Kleiman and his coaches have coached against this triple option offense at the FCS level quite a bit, and Scotty Hazelton saw it from Air Force when he was at Wyoming. So it's not foreign to the coaches, but getting it communicated to the players is the challenge, and that's quite often why these programs can be so successful. Navy enters this game as, what, a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite? What do you see this game as? I think that's my biggest concern. As you mentioned, the coaching staff has seen this style of offense prior, but when you're a football player and you've never played against it, it is hard to adapt. I mean, we saw it for years uh, when teams played Army. Oklahoma most notably um, when teams played Georgia Tech and now that those offenses are being seen more often we are seeing teams be able to adapt to it but this K-State team this defense has been frustrating a few times this year 
most notably in my mind against Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. And that is what this kind of reminds me of. This Navy team can run the ball. They draw it out. They burn the clock. And it's kind of almost like they're going to use K-State's clock management against us. I, I actually like the under here. I'm not – I just can't pull the trigger here on K-State. I saw Chris Felica of College Game Day said that he liked K-State. And I said, okay, that's great. I, I like the fact that he likes K-State. I just don't think I'm going to get to the window with the Cats. K-State has has done really well in the underdog position, but we know that that's been mainly under Coach Snyder. Usually I'd be – Super excited to gobble up the points with them. I, I'm just a little hesitant here. For me, like I said, I, I prefer the under here. I think this is going to be a long, drawn-out game where we see both sides duke it out for four quarters. What is the number you're showing for the over-under right now? 52 and a half. Okay, so when I think of my score I, I picked, not knowing that, is right on the button with that. I, it would be 52 total. So I, I do, I guess, like the under also in this game it's it's going to be fun and and one of the things I'm going to like in this day and age of a lot of throwing the ball and a lot of reviews I have a feeling we're going to you know be in and out there of the stadium pretty quickly although I I think K-State will throw it maybe a little bit more than they typically do because that's the weakness of this Navy defense and that's that's the thing they're going to have to be able to exploit Navy's weaknesses but Navy has the same weaknesses as K-State, and that's a weak secondary. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see some um, interesting play calling from Navy as well because if they're able they're able to just get away with some of those dink and dunk passes and exploit our secondary, it could, it could easily get out of hand. So that is my concern. And, again, if K-State's been able to uh, adapt to this offense over the last couple of weeks, I will be one happy camper. Well, let's look around the Big 12 right now. Let's not look back from the moment we record this because the Big 12 has stunk. Thank you, Oklahoma, so far in And Iowa games. State. Yeah, uh, Iowa State really didn't belong in that game, and they got showed up by Notre Dame, was a far superior opponent. And maybe Notre Dame would have been better than Kansas State or anyone else in the Big 12, but um, Iowa State kind of lobbied their way into that, and that's what they got. Looking forward now... I'm not sure Big 12 teams are in much better situation. You just mentioned you kind of like Navy in this game. You've got Texas taking on a superior Utah team in the Alamo Bowl later on Tuesday. And, of course, then Baylor running headlong into Georgia at the Sugar Bowl. Is there a Big 12 team you like? I actually do like the last two Big 12 teams. I I gave out Texas yesterday. This is a Texas team that we know – has the talent they always have the talent the question is what are they going to do with it and i do believe this is going to be similar to a usc style of talent and who was able to beat utah usc this utah defense was severely hyped up to start the season we saw this team come out of the gate and play so well and then we saw them falter against usc and then we saw them just absolutely get the crap kicked out of them by oregon And that is the two games here where I'm looking at going, okay, we know this defense has weaknesses. Are the Longhorns going to be able to exploit it? And uh, I follow a couple coaches from Texas, most notably Andre Coleman on Twitter. And it sounds like they've got this team really motivated and excited to play in the Alamo Bowl. And on the flip side, Utah was a bad loss to Oregon out of the college football playoff. And 
I'm just not sure where the motivation is going to come from, especially now that Oklahoma got beat as bad as they are. They're going to probably be even more upset that they weren't the ones in it. Obviously, they didn't deserve to be in it, which is which is a fair comment. But I do think that this Texas team is going to step up big here in their home state. It's you, you can't give them home field advantage, but it's close. I'm hoping the Big 12 can recover to save some face, but that would probably mean the remaining three games, including Kansas State, the Big 12 has to win this because Oklahoma and Iowa State did a lot of damage to the reputation of the conference so far. Kelly, oh, thank yeah, you. that's all I've seen on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's brutal and, and deservingly so. Oklahoma got one really bad call on the mispass interference. I noted it at the time. There was just no room for error for Oklahoma. You don't want to have the error come from an official. But I think Lincoln Riley sent a message to his team by him just constantly staying on the officials about that call that the game was over. You know, I I just feel like Lincoln Riley at some point needed to argue the call and then, okay, guys, we're going to move on. Let's overcome this. And he never did. And it really uh, seemed to set a tone for his team. And it just you hit the nail on the head, Tim. Yeah, it just turned into a train wreck. It was it could have been program damaging. Let's put it that way. That was how bad that was. Well, let's hope for us it was. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kelly. Have a great day in Las Vegas handling your many duties in the uh, handicapping industry. Thanks, Tim. We've heard from the Go Powercat staff and the Navy coaches, and we just spoke with our GPC analyst. It's Kansas State versus Navy in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. We'd like to thank our friends at Robbins Motor Company for not only sponsoring the Powercat pregame podcast throughout the season, but for supporting our coverage from Memphis by loaning us one of their great used vehicles for our Robbins road trip to Memphis. Make sure you stop in Robbins Motor Company for your next vehicle purchase. Our VIP customers at Go Powercat can read my five keys to victory on Monday, but it's time to wrap up this podcast with my score prediction. The fulcrum of this game will be K-State's ability to slow down Navy's option offense by staying disciplined. The Kansas State coaching staff's experience against triple option offenses and the extra preparation time should get the job done. Kansas State 31, Navy 21. That will do it for another season of the Powercat Pregame Podcast. For everyone at GPC, I'm publisher Tim Fitzgerald. It's K-State versus Navy in the 61st AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Kicking off on Tuesday at 2.45 here in Memphis, Tennessee. You've been listening to the Powercat Pregame Podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company. Powercat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 